way one week and next way the next week. All right. You can be seated this morning, and if you got your Bibles or if we got notes this morning, enjoyed the specials, enjoyed the singing. Looked like the fear of the virus is over, and everybody's out doing their own thing again, which we never learn, do we? Amen. We never learn our lessons. We'd like to greet the church in Canada, which are still locked up in their houses. Uh, now, that's a socialist government for you, and all the Democrats are still locked up. And uh, all the Republicans are out running around. So, but there's not enough Republicans to get it all going. How many knows that? It's only about 40% with any sense, and 60% are insane. So, we're, we're losing the battle. We have a pandemic and get shut up for two or three months, close the nation down. And then when we open it up, we get out and try to burn it down. That makes a lot of sense, does it? Just try to burn it down. Amen. So we are a really insane institution. It's just exactly what the Scriptures tells us we will be. It will get worse. It's not going to get any better. It will rapidly get worse and worse. So... I believe the church in Canada is scheduled, if I got this written down right, they're coming back uh, June the 14th, is that right? I think, well, I know, but that's on a Monday. They say that's socialist. They say they let us open on the 4th, which Sunday was on the 3rd, and that's where we come to church uh, a day, a week earlier, and broke the law, basically, but that's all right. We asked for God to forgive us, and He did. And so they opened up on the 14th, so they couldn't go to church on the 13th, and that's all right, or the 8th or so and so. But the 14th, so sometimes after that, we'll get with them in the congregation. We'll have communion services one Sunday after that that we can work it out and get everybody together. And so we'll look forward to that also. Amen. My mother, they moved from the damaged side to the safe side. And uh, she... Uh, they had a little uh, video of her, and everybody clapping and cheering, and she really loved that, I know, and uh, going over on the safe side. So, But uh, she tested positive twice, but evidently she was only a carrier because it never did uh, really affect her that much. Uh, she felt bad, but she feels bad every day anyway. So being 99 years old, I feel bad every day, and I'm just 80, so uh, I can tell how... Ten more years? What, 19 more years? Lord, have mercy. Jesus, come quickly. I mean, I, <laughs> this old body is not going to last a, another eight, 19 years, I don't believe. But if it does, maybe we'll still be here. Uh, but I won't be preaching. <laughs> I, I think 85 out there, if God lets me go to, uh, Caleb was 80, that's old enough. If he lets me go to 85, I think I'm going to go fishing. And the rest of you can just pray until. Amen. But the Lord will provide someone. See, the Lord will provide. Don't ever fear that the Lord will provide. So let me see if I got that right. All right. Okay, I want to get all the announcements in this morning. Now, I want to remind you that this service this morning is basically geared, and the services the last several weeks has been geared to uh, I'll use the phraseology that you're comfortable with, to build your faith for healing. Now, we got a brother and sister here. We've got some people that until the revelation of healing takes place, if it doesn't take place, then we'll be preaching a funeral. 
That's just a fact. You say, well, if God doesn't intervene. Well, it's not that if God don't intervene because God's done everything that he's going to do. The problem with our healing is right up here. Our understanding. And we want to understand that. And then remember, every gift, you say, well, if Jesus was here or Brother Brandon was here, I would get healed. You would get healed if you pulled on the gift to tell you what your name was to give you the revelation of the presence of God and believe the word. I'll read you a quote after all. The gift of Brother Branham did not heal you. Jesus' gift of being the incarnated Son of God didn't heal you. You're healed because you believe and receive what God has already given to you. Until it is given, it is faith. You're hoping to receive something, looking forward to it. After it is given to you, then it has has to be a revelation that you already have it. It's just like if you ask me for a dollar, and I already gave you a dollar, and you had that dollar in your hand, and you ask me for a dollar, I'm going to look at you kindly puzzled. Because I've already gave you a dollar. So why are you asking me for a dollar if I give you a dollar? you got to recognize that you already have the dollar. Now, what we're getting at in all this around, you have something in you called a soul. That soul is a gift, which is your quarter, which is your dollar to buy anything in the Word of God. So when the Brother Bram said you already have it, you already have that element in you or the quarter to buy the bread with. He tells a story, and I've got it over here at the end of the notes. He said, if I was in a mountain and was starving to death, and a man come up to me and say, Brother Branham, what's the problem? He said, well, I'm starving to death. I'm hungry. He said, well, what do you need? He said, well, I need bread. He said, well, there's a store right down the road, a mile down the road. Go down and get bread. He said, but the bread costs a quarter, and I don't have the quarter. So the bread was there, but he didn't have the purchase price to buy the bread. And the man said, here's a quarter, which is the price to buy the loaf of bread that will keep you from starving to death. Brother Brown said, I danced a little jig because now then with a quarter in my hand, I already have the bread. Now, your quarter is that element of faith in your soul. You have the faith, if you have the faith that God has already done it for you, and it's there, that's your quarter. So what we want to do is look at the Word of God and pray that God will, you will pull on the Holy Spirit, because you'll only get out of the ministry what you are pulling for. If you have no need, and you're not sitting there pulling on God, I'll sit here and go through the notes and read something for an hour, and then we'll all go home. Used to, when we come to church, people come to church with needs, and they would pull on it, and you didn't have any problem preaching. you just preach and be pulled here, pulled there, what more. God would answer the questions, answer the needs, and He would minister to the people, and we'd all be happy and go home. If we're coming in for me to tell you something that will give you something or encourage you something or information or something, and you're sitting waiting patiently, probably you won't hear too much. 
Because if it comes from me, it doesn't make any difference. It won't amount to a hill of beans anyway. So pull on God. All you have to do is put a need in your mind and pull on God. Now, when I say need, if you need water, think water. Water, 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 water. If you need healing, think healing, 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 healing. If you need a dollar, think dollar, dollar, dollar. Word has power. You can't say, I got a problem, problem, problem. Well, that don't get anything because everybody's got a problem. So you have to put your mind and your heart on a need, a picture, a word. Once that word is in your heart called a revelation, that word will manifest itself into materiality. It will come. You'll find a way for it to come. Desperation is looking any way until you get what you want. Desperation is not doubt. People say, well, I'm desperate. That means you're doubtful, you're fearful, what more? Desperation, according to the prophet, is knowing that God has done it, and I'm willing to do anything I have to do to get it. That's desperation. So I want you to look in Isaiah 51 with me this morning. This is a scripture Brother Bram looked over and over and over. And we're just looking at it because we want to understand the difference as we started last week. I tried to explain it and got in a hurry and didn't get the job done too good. There is a difference between faith and revelation. And if you study the Bible or you study the message or listen to preachers preach, they interchange faith and revelation whereby you don't know whether there's any difference or not. Because Brother Brown said, well, faith is a revelation. Once you have the revelation that you're healed, you're healed. That's it. It's finished. It's over. Until you have the revelation, then it's only faith. Then he said, well, if you had faith, you wouldn't be up here for healing. So, for about 40 years, people never understood what Brother Brown meant by faith. We said over and over and over, the first message Faith is a substance that he preached in 1947, 1965. He was still trying to explain to people what faith was. He told Brother Lee, he said, Brother Lee, I've got a little gift of healing, and the world don't want it because they have quit pulling on the gift. So therefore, it's over. He said, you've got a little gift of teaching, but the world don't want it, and therefore, they won't use it and need it. Every minister must be pulled on and used by you. If Brother Brandon was standing here this morning, or Jesus was standing here this morning, your faith, your belief would have to pull on him to receive what you wanted. See, like the woman wouldn't, if I can only touch the hem of his garment again, he said, who touched me? And the whole world touched him, and he said, but faith pulled something out of him. Faith, faith pulls on it, and you have it. So we'll get exactly from God what we are looking and pulling for. Amen. Isaiah 51 says, Who hath believed, now watch, hath ten, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now that's a question. In other words, if you have believed the, our report, then the arm of the Lord has been revealed. So the only way that you'll get a revelation of the report is believe the report. If you do not believe the report, you'll never have a revelation of the report. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now watch. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of, of a dry ground. 
He has no form nor comeliness, and when, he shall, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. Here is Isaiah's report of the coming Messiah. The one that is to come, the promised one, which we know is Jesus. Watch. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Now, why would we hide from the Messiah and basically do this on the one that they looked for all those years once? Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, notice the wording now, we are healed. We want to speak on the thought this morning and turn this around just a little bit to carry on from last week. Not on the thought on who hath believed our report, past tense, but who will believe our report? Who will believe our report? Now, if I was a prophet, I could speak in the first person and say, who will believe my report of the Lord Jesus Christ? The decision that we're faced with that we looked at last week was this. This young generation and every one of us has come to the climax of the end and the fulfilling of God's word all the way to the shout. Now we're waiting for the resurrection. There's nothing left for us to do or to believe except what has already been transpired. The only thing that is left for us to do is a decision whether we will believe what has transpired to be true or not. In other words, we must make a decision on the report that has been vindicated by God Himself through divine healing, miracles, and wonders in the presence of the world. Who will believe the report? Isaiah said, who has believed our report? Who believed it? See, who believed that Jesus was a Messiah? Because he turned right around and said, God will harden their hearts and blind their eyes unless they should see and be converted. So he said, who hath believed our report? Then he turns around and tells them that their ears are going to be hardened, their hearts are going to be hardened, their eyes are going to be closed, and they won't be able to see it. So the Word says they won't believe the report. They can't believe it because the Word of God has already said that they won't and can't. Now, no matter how much they wanted to believe, no matter how much Jesus done the sign of the Messiah, no matter how many miracles He performed, we find out that only 11 basically believed in, to that end result of the crucifixion, believed that He was the Messiah. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and He said, I'll build my church on the revelation of who I am. Remember, the identity of Christ is not in the man himself, but the identity of his presence of what he does and what he says. In the message, people are not looking for anything present because they are looking at what they call the return ministry of William Branham. People said, do you believe in the return ministry? I would say, yes, I believe in it. <laughs> but wait a minute. I believe in the return ministry of Jesus Christ. 
has already come. He's already returned. And we've seen the ministry of Jesus Christ in William Branham's ministry. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Bosworth, Brother Lee said he, in a meeting when Brother Branham was preaching, Brother Bosworth pulled his coat and he said, I looked all my life for the return ministry of Jesus Christ, and there it is in that man. And he was true. If Brother Branham is the ministry of Jesus Christ and it runs parallel, as you would believe, he would, if he would come back, he would only tell us some of the things of the kingdom of God. It wouldn't add to our revelation, wouldn't add to our faith, it wouldn't add nothing to us. He'd have to do the same thing Jesus done. And that's neither here nor there. We get that far, we've made it, or if we don't, we won't. First, I want us to note that Isaiah in the fifth verse said with his stripes we are healed. And that was some 800 years before the actual manifestation of this prophecy. Before Jesus actually become flesh. Until he actually took the stripes on his back. Died, buried, and resurrected. Now, after the fact, we find in 2 Peter 2.24, Peter says what? By his stripes ye were healed. So we can say one thing. The stripes of Jesus Christ produce healing. We are here by, here healed by his stripes. One looks forward to the manifestation and the fulfillment of the word. One looks back by revelation that the word was fulfilled as a fact. So we want to continue our thought from last week and see the difference between faith and revelation. Faith always is looking forward to something to transpire. People that are sick and are dying, what they're looking forward, most of them are looking forward hoping and praying that God will do something for them down the road because they're sick now. They want something down the road. They're looking for something to come. That's faith. Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Revelation looks back to the fulfilled word and said the word says that Christ has already died. He already took the stripes. God raised him from the dead. Therefore, it is not faith any longer that he will heal, but it is a revelation that is already done. So when the prophet says, when it's revealed to you that you are healed, it will be manifested. Now watch what he's saying. It's real tricky. And it's not easy for our carnal minds because if our body is telling us something, that body is me, and that's basically 90% of whatever we look for. If I'm hurting out here, I'm hurting all over. You can say, well, your soul's not hurting, but my body's hurting enough that I don't even pay attention to the soul. Well, your spirit's not hurting. Two-thirds of you are not hurting, but that one-third's got all my attention. Now, how do I get that two-thirds in charge instead of the one-third? Something has to transpire up here somewhere we call the mind, which is only the gateway to the heart. Because if I ever get the revelation in my heart 
and then speak that out of my mouth, the manifestation will come. Once I speak from the heart that I am already whatever, 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 it's just as good as done. Faith looks forward to a promise being fulfilled. Revelation looks back after the fulfilling of the promise. Faith says, I will receive it. Revelation says, I have it. Faith says, I will receive it. Revelation says, I have it. Faith says, I can read it out of the book. Revelation of the book that is real, and I believe the book to be true, is a revelation. Therefore, my attitude and my confession will change to I have it. Now look in Galatians 5.25. I want to make this transition because every sermon since this virus come, I have preached on why the squeeze, what the squeeze was designed for, and what it will produce in us. And overall, we found that the squeeze was to bring us from the shout to the voice or from a passive faith, a teaching ministry, to an active faith. To walking in the Spirit, to also walk in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit is two different things. Galatians 5.25 said, if we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. I can say if we have faith, let us also manifest revelation. Let's look at an illustration. Let's go to Luke 29. is a perfect picture now of what we're trying to say, that we have moved from faith to a revelation. We've actually moved from teaching you what the Bible says. What the seals was, what the promise was, what Malachi was, what Brother Brown's ministry was all about, and declare to you now for 30 years that it is already fulfilled. And if we come to the fact and reality that God is here and He is here for everybody, and the gift of Brother Branham was only to prove and vindicate to you that you can have exactly what you need and ask God for. And it's not just for special, it is for everybody, period. You wonder why the, what we call the false anointing, where formal churches are getting healed and whatever more, that's exactly what they're believing God for, and that's exactly what they're preaching. So they get what they believe for, and they get what the preacher preaches for. You preach for healing, Brother Brandon said, so whatever you have need of, preach for it. If you preach for it, you'll get what you're preaching for. So we have a need of healing. Let's just say amen to that. We have a need of a revelation that we're already healed. That's our need. I already have it. You already have it. Every cripple that you see is already healed and made whole. I followed a... A man in a wheelchair for years, we used to go to meetings, and every meeting he'd get on the platform in his wheelchair, and this was about 15 or 20 years after Brother Brown, Brother Brown said, you'll say the right thing one of these days, and you'll get up out of the wheelchair. And he said, now Brother Brown told me I will say the right thing one of these days, and I will get up out of the wheelchair. I forget his name now, but I've seen him in several meetings, he'd get up and make the same testimony. As far as I know, he never got out of the wheelchair. 
You say, what's the matter? Couldn't he figure out what did, why couldn't he figure out the right thing to say? Because he always looked at the point that Brother Branham told him when he said the right thing, he would get out of the wheelchair. I would have spent all my time trying to figure out what the right thing to say was. And the odds of mathematician, I would hit it sooner or later. Because there's only so many phrases that you can say that will please God. And I would say, Pray, thank you, Lord, I'm already healed, and I'd get up out of the wheelchair. What's hindering it? The mind. The mind and our foe called the devil. Because you've got an enemy. You've got an enemy trying to kill you. And you've got an enemy whispering to your mind, hoping you'll listen to him so that enemy, that demon in you will get the job done. That enemy will tell you that the Word of God is not working. The only place the Word of God is not working is not working in your mind because it's already worked. Not that the Word of God is not working. That God has already worked and is finished. It's a complete end deal. There's no question about it. Verse 25, And behold, there was a, a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, whether you understand it or not, the Holy Spirit is resting upon each one of us this morning. God Himself, in the form of the Holy Ghost, is in this building right now. You say, well, I don't feel Him. He didn't say you'd feel Him. He just said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there He is in the midst. Oh, you said, well, if God would show up, I could get my prayers answered. God is here, so what's wrong with the prayers being answered then? Well, can you prove that God is here? I can't prove it by a gift. But I can tell you that the Word of God cannot lie. And the Word of God said, Word two, three are gathered. I am in the midst thereof. So according to the Word of God, God is right here in our midst this morning. Now, can your faith touch Him? He's a God that will supply every need. He's a God that answers prayer according to need. But the way that we pray and our attitude towards Him depends on whether we receive what He's already given or not. It was revealed unto Him by the Holy Ghost that He should not see death before He had seen the Lord's Christ, or the Anointed One. Simeon was living under, or living in the spirit of Revelation. He had got a revelation, so he was living in the spirit of revelation that the Christ would come and he would see him. Up until this time, he only had a promise. He expected, before he died, that he would see the Lord's Christ, that he would appear. Then at a certain time, we find that there was an appearing of the Holy Ghost, that came to the man and said this, watch. This is the hour of when your faith will be translated into a sight. It's going to move from faith to a revelation now. We're going to move from the shout to the voice. 
We're going to make a transition in the process of the rapture. We're in the rapture process already because the shout started it. Sirs, is this a time when Christ come and the constellation of angels to open the seven seals? That was the appearing or the coming of Christ for the rapture. The Lord has descended from heaven with a shout, and the shout is a past tense product. It's already over, said, and done. That shout was to carry us to the voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So we're in the process of resurrection, the voice of resurrection. Then there will be a trump of God when the dead in Christ shall appear together. The trump will take us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Only a continuation of the faith promise fulfilling itself into a revelation and those that receive the revelation walk in it because the revelation takes them on and on and on from faith to faith. Walking in the faith. He said, now watch. There's going to be an appearing, and your eyes are going to see, and you're going to what you have in faith for, the Messiah. You will look in this child and say, this is it. Verse 27, and when he came by the Spirit into the temple, when the parents brought the child in, in the child Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, now that's circumcision, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Now he has moved. No longer hope for. No longer coming in the past. Now it's reality. Now it's word in the flesh. Faith is blind and faith does not see. So this is no longer faith. You said faith is the most important. Faith must carry you to revelation. Faith is something that you don't see, but something you expect. And once you see it, its fulfillment, it's over. How many can grasp that now? If I'm telling you that I'm coming, and you got such an uh, excitement about Brother Gregory coming that you just can't hardly sit still in your seat, like they're waiting for Elvis to come in the building. Oh, Elvis is coming. Or who's oh, coming. And then all of a sudden they walk in. Oh, glory to God. The anticipation is over. You used to play that music. Elvis is in the building. And everybody, oh, he's here. And everybody started roaring. See, it's over now. The wait is over. You see me. I'm here. You're not looking for me out in the garage or what more. I'm standing right in front of you. That's what we're trying to tell you. If you're waiting for God to come and heal you, He's standing right on the pulpit this morning. He's already here. You don't have to wait for healing. It's already done. Why does people have such a hard time over salvation? He saved you 2,000 years ago. You can't do one thing to get saved. Come on now. Only thing you can do is say, well, I believe the Word of God said Jesus died for my sins. God raised it for my justification 2,000 years ago. I believe it. 
and therefore I am saved. Now, I can't be that simple. Oh, yeah, well. That's the reason why we miss it. Everyone in the message that I know of, even the charismatics, are looking for the next wave of God. We're looking for what they call a revival or the third wave or the third pull coming. We've got to wait for the anointing. There must be another move of God. We want the supernatural. And they're fasting and praying. Oh, God, come and manifest yourself again. Let the Holy Ghost come. Let all, bless us, Lord. There is not a new thing coming. The ministry and the vindication that God is here. Had his picture taken, and you could see it if you want to look at it. Listen to the tapes. You got the means to listen to the tapes to hear him discerning the thoughts and diseases around the world, proving that God is here. This presence is already here. Can I hear an amen? This presence is already here. Now, don't trust your senses. I don't see him. I don't feel him. That has not one thing to do with it. It is a proven fact that a supernatural being in a form of a light come down in the building and heal people, raise the dead, and done everything else, and only God can do that. So whatever that light was, and I believe it is God himself, if it was an angel, then that angel, if it was just a... a Paradox of science, let the paradox of science come again. Because if you got a paradox of science, if you do the same thing, that same paradox will repeat itself. But I believe it's a, uh, according to the Bible, the Lord Himself, that's God, Himself has descended from heaven with a message to call me to Himself. Call me to Himself to for our marriage to unite me with him that I may become the living tabernacle of the living God. This presence is already here. And when we start to believe it, we will begin to receive the benefits of the message that he is here. The presence, when we start to believe what God has already done, proven, vindicated that it is true, then we'll begin to walk in active faith and receive the benefits of it. Not until. In other words, we must move now from the teaching reign that He is here, what He was here for, what is done, and what's been accomplished, called the former reign or the teaching reign. I believe this pandemic, this cycle that we're in now, we have crossed the line that we must come back now or bring our mechanics to a spiritual revelation to act on the revealed Word of God. You're saying, well, this is what Pentecost preached when Brother Brown was here. That's true. But they didn't grasp it. They didn't believe it. Look at the third pool when Brother Brown preached that sermon. He just got through telling you uh, about the spoken squirrels. He spoke them into existence. The congregation had been with him. They'd heard these experiences, these supernatural. They'd seen the light come down on the church, draw out the church ages, and all those supernatural things that sat with him for years, and they believed him. 
He told them about the created squirrels. Now watch. He said, we're going to have healing this morning. Now, if you take my word for the squirrels, and we got the squirrel down there in the refrigerator if you want to see it. If you believe me about the storm, if you believe me about the tumor, if you believe me about the seals, the spoken word now has removed all doubt that this is the ministry of Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday and forever. And he's vindicating his presence here that the judge is here. You've already been judged. You've already been declared not guilty. If you'll take my word for it this morning, he said, there won't be one sick person leave this building. And basically, he made the same charge to that whole congregation that he made to Sister Hattie Wright. When he said, uh, told her about the uh, spoken word, she said, that's nothing but the truth, Brother Brown. She took his word for it. And that spirit said, Give her what she wants. Whatever she asks for, she can have it. Oh, I like this. He said, uh, you're broke. You, If you want a pot of gold, it'll appear on this table. Now, you just let your mind go just an instant and think all things are possible with God. This, that's the one that's here this morning. You're broke and poor. If you want money, a pot of gold will appear on this table. Now, that would have been a good one. They had a sick one laying over on a cot. If you want, she'll rise up. She'll be healed just like that. That'll be a good one. We know the story. She asked for the salvation of her two sons, and souls must have been greater than all of it. He said that's the greatest thing she could ask for. She had it. You said, yeah, but I didn't see nothing. We, we didn't see nothing. And, and by the way, them two boys drank beer and smoked cigars today. I didn't, I didn't see nothing. Well, you take a cold hearted uh, Bradham message to me. They believe them two boys are going to go to heaven more than they believe themselves are going to go to heaven. Why? Because Brother Bram said so. He didn't say they were bride, he just said they were saved. Come on this morning. It doesn't make any much difference whether you're saved or bride. You're going to be there anyhow. One be in the building over here, one be in the building over there. Come on now. Oh, so if I'm not bright, I'm just going to hell. No, you're not. You're saved by faith. I think God's the only one that knows the one out of a million. I stand here and preach for 30 years. I may not go. I'm believing I will. I'm confessing I will. I'm going to be shocked if I don't. But that's no sign that you're going to be there. But I know one thing. After I wait a thousand years somewhere, not in torment, I'm going to come up and get my little cabin on the outside of the city. Because by faith I'm saved through grace. And I believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God. God raised Him from the dead. And by His stripes I am now healed. I am now already glorified. And I will reign with Him throughout eternity. It's already done. It's already spoken. It's already done. It's already finished. Praise be to God. You say, well, Brother Green, you don't know what kind of problem I got. Homosexuality, oh, they're going to hell. No, no. Well, I'm an alcoholic. I can't over. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You may have a problem, but if I tell you what, if you take control of that problem, and you may have to fight it with everything in you, but even your self-will, you don't give in to that, you'll make it. 
I believe that the Holy Ghost can completely deliver you from it, that there's no warfare at all. That's wonderful. But even though you may have to fight it all your life, you'll be rewarded for that fight, and you'll be allowed to go in. You say, well, that's getting awful loose. No, that's getting awful tight. Because we got to take all this legalistic self-do-good, my works and whatever righteous I am, out of the picture, or God will never, or the power of faith will never be released to receive anything from God. I always wondered how the prostitutes and the sinners could walk through a prayer line, get healed just in a minute, shout, go off, and get drunk and go out again. I just don't understand that. Here come the saintly woman dressed down to her ankle. Oh, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And she walked off, she didn't get nothing because she wasn't worthy. Praise be to God. He said, come up here shouting that you already have it, and you'll shout louder when you go off because you got it. He said, oh, that's some kind of faith. That is. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit of revelation, now let us walk in the Spirit of authority. That's exactly what he's telling you. This verse speaks to what we were pointing to two or three weeks ago of making this transition now from the shout or the message to the voice, that period of time in here, from passive faith to active faith. You said, how do I know I'm living in the Spirit? If I'd ask you, are you living in the Spirit? Most of us, oh, well, I'm not doing too good. Well, oh. All right, how many believes that the seven seals have been opened and basically you believe that the revelation of it has come? All right. How many believes that Malachi 4 is fulfilled and Elijah opened the seals, seven thunders asunder, and basically you're living on the spirit of the message? That's the spirit of revelation, so you're walking in the spirit. Every group that walked under the message of the hour, Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, all of them that walked under the message of the hour, what God was doing in that hour was walking in the spirit. It was living in the Spirit, excuse me. But a lot of them that lives in the Spirit, I'm in the message, I believe the seals open, I believe this, I believe Brother Brown, this, one more. They're not walking in the Spirit because they're not using the authority that the Spirit give them. The Spirit of wisdom and revelation comes to give you knowledge. And the knowledge is what you already got, what's already in you, not put something in you, what's already there so you can use what you already have. We'll never use the authority over demons, diseases, cancer, or anything else unless we have a revelation of who we are in Christ and that we have the authority and we have the faith in the name of Jesus to exercise it over the demons and the powers. I'm not talking about a preacher getting it. I'm talking about each individual having it for themselves. Because there's no big eyes and little use in this end time group. We are married to him. We are bride. We are that little element in there. We're individually believers. I'm not righteous and you're looking for help from me. We're all righteous in the sight of God. We're all saved in the sight of God. Each one of you has the authority to lay hands on your body and expect that demon to respond to the name of Jesus coming out of your lips. Well, it sounds better when you do it, and I'm going to listen to you. What you hear me say won't help you. 
unless you have the complete, undevoted, whatever power that I've never had, to put my trust in some man's word for it, and take his word as absolutely the authority and it's finished. I can believe what I tell myself a lot more than I can believe what you tell me. If you tell me, well, Brother Gregory, you shouldn't be lifting that arm because you're healed. I say, praise God, thank you, Brother. I didn't know I was healed. I was... This is the dilemma. The Bible says I'm already healed. My leg says I have a problem. Now, if I can ever get the answer between those two, where the answer and the problem meet up, my answer and the problem will be the same. It all depends on what comes out of my mouth. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time saying how great I feel when everything about me is telling me how lousy I feel. How many ever feel like you're lying when you say, well, I'm healed, I'm not sick at all? The devil said, well, you lying. You just said you wasn't healed. You hear you are vomiting your guts out. What are you lying for? I thought you were a Christian. Okay. Living in the spirit or the spirit of wisdom revelation is past tense. Walking in the spirit is to go beyond our passive faith. Go beyond the mechanics of the word of God. Into doing and acting upon those things that a Christian should do and should be following us as believers. Now we're really coming to the showdown. Not only are we making the decision whether we really believe it or not, but March 16 is the showdown whether we really do or not. These signs shall follow those that believe. The fulfillment of Malachi 4, 5, and 6, Revelation 10, 1 to 7. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we understand Hebrews 13, 8. And see St. John 14, 12. The greater works than this has the Holy Spirit done in this hour and we believe it. Amen. We can punch you on a tape right now and absolutely hear the speakings. Man speaking through human lips, telling you over and over and over, if I can convince you this morning that God has already healed you, you'll walk out of this building healed. And God give him a gift to help you believe. He gave him a gift to help you. But as we read this, in a few minutes, the gift didn't, didn't heal you or do nothing for you. How are we to move into active faith? We preached it over and over, Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. You'll find that Paul's prayer, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now you've got what? You've got revelation. And that revelation must come to manifestation. So the revelation will bring you to authority. Because it said what you brought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world but also that is to come. And have put all things under his feet which is our feet, the body of Christ. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. 
which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. In other words, the spirit of revelation has come. Basically, he come to reveal to you that the spirit of revelation was already in you. He come to bring out of you what is already there. He didn't come to put something in you. He come to bring out of you what was already there. See, Paul didn't ask for something new, but that the revelation of what God has already done and now is resident within us would begin to come out. It's got to come out. Then how is it going to come out if you're only sitting listening to passive faith or listening trying to figure out whether the message is true or not or whether the report is true or not? Listen, church, we could tell you sermons and try, to, if we had the ability to paint pictures and tell you stories and probably get some tears going and say, oh, yeah, that was wonderful there, back there. Yeah, that was wonderful back there. That was wonderful back there. It wouldn't do one thing for you until we can convince you that everything was done is to prove that this Bible is true and God has already done it. Our mind must move from past tense. And not looking forward down the road, but understanding what's going on now. Walk in the Spirit now. Walking in the Spirit is only using the authority of the revelation that the Spirit has given to you of who you are and what you are and the works that you can do. All right. So after revelation comes authority. To act in faith looks forward to the authority. Revelation looks to the fulfilled word that gives us the authority to act. Why? Because Paul also tells you in Ephesians 2.20, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And good works is a testimony that comes out of your mouth that declaring who you are and what you are. So God builds the body and then lives in the body. Therefore God is glorified in his saints... In his own body, and that glorification is your soul in you. So after the promise is fulfilled, and when we are walking under the authority or the spirit of revelation, then the authority given to the body of Christ must be manifested. This is what the squeeze is all about. Somebody on this earth will manifest the presence of God himself, that Brother Manum's ministry spent all those years proving that he was here. He hasn't gone anywhere. Only the pull from the people will bring it forth. So your minds must be fixed. If you want to a little help or spiritual help, go back into Brother Branham's meetings. Bring that same spirit over here today because that spirit did not move it did not leave it did not change or did it weaken itself in any way the very manifestation of the Holy Ghost when Brother Brown was here before he left the scene is still here and the, and the same faith or the same pull from the people that pulled him his gift to say, you're Mrs. So-and-so, you're dying of heart trouble now. You believe me? All right, you're healed. That same spirit is still here doing the same thing if the people would pull. Brother Branham said in 19, uh, what was this? 1965 on the traction on the mountain. We preached this years and years. This is where we first got into trouble. 
back in 82, I believe we went to serve this at the time. And he preached here, the mysteries will come. He lists all the mysteries. And he said, uh, is this a sign of his coming? He's using the constellation of angels as the coming of the Lord. Now is this the time that the seven seals are going to be opened, which reveals the open book? And he said, you know what? He said, now, uh, and the God of heaven promised in the evening time there would be evening time lights. Three years ago, this mystery was a prophecy of the coming of the Lord. He said, what time is it, sir? That's when he preached it. But now it's history. When I first preached that in a message, it got so quiet you could hear a pin drop in a Pentecostal meeting. Because they're all still waiting for the Lord. They're looking for the Lord to come. They're looking for Brother Brown to come back. They're looking for some preacher with an anointing to come help. They're looking for somebody to help me. They won't be taught. You can't get Pentecostals to learn doctrine. They just will not set and be taught. They want someone to do something for them. And Brother Bram's telling you, my prayer won't do it. It's your faith in the Word of God that does it. We've got to be, dem not Democrats, we've got to be actually Republicans to work and take care of yourself. Get a job, earn some money, put some clothes on your back, thank God for it. In other words, get up and have enough umption that I'm going to do something about it. Brother Brown told the little story about the two women. Now, go back now, I'm trying to break a little break here. Aunt Jones, one visitor cousin, she said, you know, sis, he said, I've been praying for that beer joint across the road. I've been praying for God to burn that place down for 20 years. She said, you've been praying for 20 years for God to burn that beer joint down? Yep, I've been praying every night, God, burn the thing down, burn it down. Next morning, she got up and looked out the window. There was nothing but a pile of ashes. She said, glory to God, God finally answered my prayer. He said, yeah, but you've got to put some legs on it. <laughs> In other words, don't pray about what you can go across the street and set a match to. Are you following me? Don't wait for some funny feeling to hit you like lightning to get you out of your seat. If you've got enough strength to get out of, out of your seat, get out of your seat and praise God anyhow. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't wait for some spooky spirit to come do something for you and act funny. Act funny anyhow, maybe the spirit will come. You say, oh, if I get happy enough, I'll dance. Dance till you get happy. Boy, if I got happy enough, I'd sing a song. Sing a song until you get happy. In other words, start acting out, and I guarantee you, you'll get in the spirit, and the spirit will take over and manifest what you're acting out. Glory to God. Revelation comes after the fact. Everybody say after the fact. And after you believe the report. After you believe the report. Revelation comes. Scripture said who, who believed our report that Jesus was the Messiah. Then I want to ask this a question this morning. Who believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed concerning the coming of Elijah, fulfilling Malachi 4? Who believes our report of Revelation 10, 1 to 7? 
Who believes our report of 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, that the Lord has descended and He is here now in the midst of His church? Who believes our report that that pillar of fire is still here? He has not changed because He's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I changed not. He hasn't lost any of His power. He hasn't lost any of His desire. And what He done when Brother Brown was here, He got you to believe. If you'll believe, He'll do the same thing again. Brother Brown was taken off of the scene because people quit believing in the presence of God. Why would they do that? Because he didn't like their, his interpretation of the role of women. They didn't like his interpretation of the Godhead. They didn't like his teaching on the evidence of the Holy Ghost. They didn't like his teaching on predestination. They didn't like his teaching on the Trinity. They just didn't like his teaching. Therefore, the results wasn't worth it to listen to correct word. It wasn't worth seeing and moving on the gift. But when they first started out, they brought their children there, wound up like spaghetti in a wheelchair in Tucson, Arizona. 40,000 people. They rolled him up there and said, bring me your worst case. We read it over and over. The baby's child was wrapped around. He's come out looking between his legs. The little girl wound up just in a knot. Started playing, the great physician is here. He said, if God doesn't answer, then my message is wrong. About 30 seconds, she began to unfold. Come out, jumped out of his arm, run down the aisle. 40,000 people began to rejoice in the Lord. What did they do? The next sermon, they jeered him and sneered at him because of Jezebel religion. People won't believe. It's not God's fault. We learn after the fact. You'll never know anything about the shout until after it's over. And someone explains it to you. We know the resurrection after it's over. Then we'll understand it. You said, what do I mean after the fact? When you see the sleeping saints appear to you, which the resurrection has taken place, then you'll understand the resurrection. You'll understand the marriage supper after the fact. We'll understand the second coming of the Lord when we come back with Him and walk out on the ashes of the wicked. See, everything is after the fact because simply God only interprets His Word by bringing to pass what He said. Bringing to pass what he said. Manifesting it before us. Getting late. Then it takes someone to explain it, so we learn after the fact. That's what Brother Branham done to Ephesians 1 to 17. The spirit of wisdom and revelation came. Manifested his word, and he interpreted it by bringing it to pass. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is already here. Already fulfilled the scripture. Vindicated its present. It's here. After the fact does not or does not determine the future because the future is determined by after the fact. We went through it last week. I've heard about Elijah coming and restoring all things. Now that is, that is history. Well, I heard about the rapture of 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The Lord shall descend from heaven. Well, that's already a fact. It's past hits. 
Well, what about those seven thunders and those mysteries over there, what them thunders declared? We need that mystery for the rapture. It's already been declared. It's over. I could go through step by step by step. None of those things or nothing that I have taught you is prophecy. It's no longer faith of something not yet seen. How many is following me now? It's not only faith, but something not seen. For it has moved into a different form. It's the same thing moving into a different form. When people begin to understand the shout will be after the rapture or the, that same form as took this group of believers into another realm. See, After the rapture, the people here said, well, well, I thought there was supposed to be a rapture. Here we in this, are in this tribulation. I thought there was supposed to be rapture. He said, a voice will come. and said, there was, and you missed it. You turned it down. After the fact. Brother Bram said when the Charismatics and the Pentecostal begin to preach this message, it'll be over. And they're doing it. They're preaching the grace message. They're preaching predestination. They're preaching God is a healer. Catholics are receiving healings. People are receiving these uh, atonement blessings all over. But there's something wrong somewhere in the message somehow. We preach we can have our needs met, and that's true. For the principle of faith has moved from mental to spiritual. And that which is perfect, the full revelation needed to fulfill the Word of God, to bring it to us today, that every prayer, whatever you ask my name, it is over and it's done. All right. I'm going to read you a couple of quotes. Karen, y'all want to come? We'll read a couple of quotes. I want you to listen carefully now because this is what we're getting to. If you put the quote up there, David, it's, it's uh, Greater Witness, 1963. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Brother Bram said, I want your undivided attention. Just a moment. And if there's anything that you've ever paid attention to, to what I've said, you listen to what I'm telling you now. That as far as your healing is concerned, in the presence of God, there's not one other thing can be done. The rest of it's left with you. Jesus Christ has already healed every sick person on the face of the earth tonight, if they'll just believe it. it sounds awful simple. Something, something, there's a key here. Watch. He saved every sinner there is on the face of the earth when he died. If they'll just believe it and accept it. There's the whole key right there. You understand that. And there's no gift. Listen carefully. There is no gift that I have or any other man has that can heal you. All right, that should take a man out of the picture. That should take Brother Branham or looking back in the past out of the picture. That should take someone looking forward to come out of the picture. It puts you right now. It puts you present tense. What decision will you make about the word right now? No man can heal you. Because how could we do what Jesus has already done for you? If I could heal you, I could save you. For he was wounded for our transgression with his stripes. We were healed. Is that right? So I couldn't do nothing about it. Does God change his mind about his word? 1965. 
Dear God, these people are standing here and they are sick, Father. I have no way of healing them. And neither do you now. Because you've already healed them. You were wounded for our transgression with your stripes we were healed. Can our minds be opened to receive a revelation of the Word of God? There's the revelation that it will take to save you and to heal you. There's the revelation that will put money in your pocket, a jig in your step, a song in your mouth, and health in your body. He said, now listen to the Scripture. Say what? Then what God does about what He promised. And that will build faith. And you won't even need to be in a prayer line or no one pray for you because you're already healed if you can just believe it. Oh, God, help us to believe this morning. Watch. See, that's the purpose of it. That's the purpose of preaching. That was the purpose of the ministry of Brother Branham was to cause us to believe that God's Word is true. See, it's to bring into your conscience to you that what Jesus has done for you isn't necessary for you to come up here and kneel down and pray through until you're saved. You're saved already. You have to accept it. Your praying doesn't do it. I thought it did because I went to the altar and prayed long enough and hollered long enough. I thought the chandeliers would break because of screaming so loud. I thought if I can scream louder than anybody else, I can get God's attention. But I heard an old minister in a book this past week. I think he's up in the 80s and still living. Charismatic movement. Come through the Pentecostal movement. He said, I've never seen all the miracles I've seen. All the meetings I've been in around the world. I've never seen anyone that claimed they had faith get what they had faith for. Now that's a big statement. In other words, he'd never seen anyone that said, I have faith for so and so. To get what they got, had faith for. And you never will. Brother Bram said here in this message. How do you do sir? I love, I love this when he gets down to here. I suppose we're strangers too. Now the only time I've ever seen you in my life as I know of. Is when you were coming there. Now being a stranger with you and are to you. And I'm a stranger each, each way. If the Lord Jesus will tell me something that you may be what you're wanting, or let's just say that, tell you what, tell me what you're wanting. Now, He's already given it to you. Now, He's telling the man, He's already given to him what He's wanting. Now he's already given it to you. Only thing is just enough faith to believe it. Just enough faith to believe that you get what you ask for. How many believes that you can have what you ask for? God answers prayer according to need. I'll close. Now what? How many wants to believe out in the audience? Do you believe that Jesus Christ, God's Son, raised from the dead? Is he here now? There's the question right there. Is he here now? Your revelation of the shout tells you God is on the scene. He is here now. 
in an appearing, proven, vindicated. You've believed it for 30-something years. And it's still just a faith, something that you're looking at, pondering at, wanting for, looking to come. But do you have a revelation that you can honestly declare, this is it? As we said last week. We got message people by the hundreds and even thousands questioning the ministry, walking off now, going back to Baptist Methodist or whatever more or nothing. Going back, oh, we go back to the Bible. That sounds good, but that won't work. Because the Bible is in another phase than what you read here. We're looking at Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever in this hour, not 2,000 years ago. Why can't you understand that His presence is here for everybody? The lady there with the female trouble sitting right down there. Do you believe with all your heart? Then it's over. What done that? If we could ever get the people to understand what made that work, you could have whatever you desire. Because in that day, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll give it to you. Whatever you ask in my name, He'll give it to you. All they done was believe and take a man's word for it, his report that it is true. Brother Bam said, take my word for it. If this is the word of God and God vindicates his word, then take my word for it. Just say what I say. Say what the Bible said. Believe it. And it will be done. See? What is faith? Trust in the truth and honesty of another. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. To accept as a fact by reason of the authority which it came apart from personal knowledge. I could go on and on and on. I got scripture after scripture. You got the notes. That's the problem with notes. You get too much. Serves this the time, and we'll close. Brother Brown told the story in this message a while ago that he was starving to death. The man gave him a quarter, and we said, now the quarter is that measure of faith that God gives to every man. Unto every man is given a measure of faith. You have faith. You have a measure of faith. That's all the faith you need. It's not great faith, big faith, little faith. It's just faith. He said, so, after the story, he said, yeah, I got the quarter. So he goes on in paragraph 56. So what is the evidence of your healing when you believe it? What's the evidence of your healing when you believe it? No matter what takes place, you say, well, I don't feel any different. That don't have nothing to do with it. You, you've got the purchase power. Watch. You believe it. What's your purchase power? What's your quarter? You believe it. It's your trust in the Word of God. It's not my Word. It's God's Word. God says you are healed. You are healed. God sees you as perfectly well. What's going to manifest what God said? 
you believe it. Then how are you going to confirm or appropriate that word to you? You're going to open your mouth and declare God's word says I am healed. Therefore it is finished. I am healed. Watch what he said now. It's not that you feel better. Watch, that don't have nothing to do with it. You've got the purchase power. You believe it. So just start dancing a little jig saying, Praise God, I'm going to be well because I've got the purchasing power of that loaf of bread. I've got my quarter. There you are. There's no one can heal you because you're already healed. How many knows that? The Bible teaches that you're already healed. By stripes you were healed. See, now no man can heal you. If Jesus stood here himself, he could not heal you. Think about that. If Jesus stood here himself, he could not heal you. Why? He's already done it. Now, if we can get that attitude and prayer in our mouth, that it's already done, or move from faith to revelation, we'll see the manifestation of the presence of God activated in our lives, and there won't be one sick person sits in any church building that accepts the Word of God. It's not going to be a big Pentecostal move. It's going to be you believing the word, putting the word in your mouth, and seeing it done. It won't come any other way. So if we need healing, what do we do? We put a word in our mouth. And we quote that word or say that word over and over and over until your heart believes the word. And when you receive a revelation of the word of God, it is done. So my question to you this morning, who will believe our report? Will you believe it? Out in television land or CB land, will you believe the report of the presence of God? Because if you believe, you'll see these signs follow those that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, and you'll see the mighty works of God. You're not going to call him on the scene. He's not far off. We're not going to pray him down, beg him down. Or he's not going to come down and slap you upside the head. He's going to create a need to where you, that need will draw on a ministry, and the ministry of the Holy Ghost will meet you at the point of need. When I come in here with the needs that we got, it should be the easiest thing in the world to preach on whatever needs to be preached on. Not sit here and struggle and beat and struggle and beat and struggle and beat and struggle and beat and struggle and beat. You're the one that makes the church service. You're the one that pulls on the Holy Ghost. He's here to minister to you. He's not here to minister to me. He's here to use me to minister to you. And all you have to do is pull, 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 pull. And you will See it done. Amen. Let's stand this morning. No, no, praise be to God. Whose report will you believe?
we get your teacher just a little while. How many would think it'd be wonderful to see a little sis sitting here this morning walking out instead of being rolled out? Would that be wonderful? Would it encourage you? With an attitude like this, we're never going to get nothing. If that wouldn't excite you, then you might as well forget it. But what would it really do for you? Would it cause you to believe more? Now, Brother Brown went through that in the 50s. Believing gets it done. His gift was to try to help you believe. He said, I see that shadow over you. He said, wait, wait a minute. He said, oh, I see that shadow. You got tuberculosis. You're, you're dying. Now, if I could tell you something or help you, if I could tell your name, where you live or something like that, would that help you to believe that there was somebody here that could do it? It would. You're Mrs. So-and-so. You live at 1228 so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. The doctor said so-and-so. Okay, folks, he said, the shadow's gone. The cloud lifted. Uh, man, should go down and help her. She's healed. Help her understand that. Oh, if we had that, that would be wonderful. You've got it. I don't know how to preach it anymore. I preached it for 30 years. You've got it. You're sons and daughters of God. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're walking under the spirit of revelation. You're unique. You're bride. You're not guilty. You're not going through the tribulation. Can you say amen? amen. We're going in a rapture. All right, now let's get our minds in that attitude because we're not going out sick. We're not going out gloomy. We're not going out depressed. We're not going to go out gloomy or someone having to encourage you to come to church. You're going out because you have a revelation that God is here. you got a revelation that you're a son and daughter of God. you got a revelation going into rapture. you got a revelation what time it is. you got a revelation that God is here and He will answer according to your need. Amen. Brother Larry is already healed. This sister is already healed. You are already healed. I'm already healed. Every person in here is healed. If we can only believe it. Would you believe with me today? Everybody say, I believe it. I believe it. I really believe it. Praise God, I believe it. Hallelujah, I believe it. Glory to God, I believe it. Then if you believe it, I can say, thus saith the Lord. It is done. Amen. Will you believe our report? He is here. It's done. You are healed. You are blessed. You are delivered. You are sealed. You are happy whether your face knows it or not. You're already over there. Praise God. You are in. Who will believe? Let's sing it out. Sweet Peter, will you believe? You gonna believe the devil's report? Or are you gonna believe God's report? Turn around and ask somebody. Whose report are you gonna believe this morning? Whose report are you gonna believe?
drink this morning if you got it. Praise God. Woo. Oh, I need a little money, Lord. Father, thank you for the revelation of your presence with us today. We believe it with all of our heart. Therefore, we thank you for the word of God and the promise of divine healing that's already finished. Thank you for it. We receive it this morning. We accept it. We confess that it is done. We will no longer fight and beg you for our healing. We will fight the fight of faith because we are healed. We'll resist this demon, this power, because we have a revelation of who we are in Christ. Now are we the sons and daughters of God. Now we have the authority of your divine presence. To use your name that is above every name. The revelation of your presence to give us the revelation of your name. The authority to use your name that in the name of Jesus. Every power, every principality, every demon. Every virus, every disease. Depression, anger, jealousy, malice, guilt, condemnation, fear every power of darkness will leave this congregation this morning and every person Satan in the name of Jesus we demand and proclaim you to leave take your influence away from them because we are the body of the living Christ Father thank you for healing our brother thank you for raising him up in the presence of this congregation that we may give glory to the Word of God. Thank you for your mighty work working in our little sister here on the front seat. 
What a glorious thing that is that we shall rise up and be made whole. For you see us complete in the economy of God. Now, these things are to be done for us. Thank you for hearing our prayer. We know that you did. So we thank you for the product and manifestation of your word. We count it done. We refuse any thought of our minds that it is not so. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, we cast it out of our minds, anything contrary to the promise. And we go forth rejoicing and proclaiming and giving testimony of your presence with us and your blessings to us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, Amen and Amen. Thank you.